Welcome to the Ready Set Crypto Podcast. Do you expect us to talk? I, you'll be shaken and stirred. Now meet your hosts, Doc and Mav. Views and opinions heard on the Ready Set Crypto Podcast are not necessarily the opinion of this company nor its management. Material on this program is for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. Well, hello, everyone. This is Doc Steverson with episode 20 of the Ready, Set, Crypto podcast. Today, I have with me Craig Trader Cobb of Sydney, and we're here to talk about markets. Now, both of us are traders, so I'm particularly interested to hear what Craig thinks of the state of today's market, where it's going, and the health of the crypto markets in general. Welcome aboard, Craig. Nice to see you again. Matt, it's an absolute pleasure being here. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, big uh, big start to the year, huh? Um, first time I've spoken to you in 2019, so hope you had a fantastic Christmas and a good new year and holiday. Hope you're keeping yourself warm in this Arctic blizzard thing that's smashing through the US. We've got a heat wave. You've got the opposite. I know. We have the opposite, exact opposite weather right now. So we're, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to spring coming along, and you guys are probably clung to keep it on board. Well, yeah, it's not been too hot in the summer, actually, so it's not so bad. Usually, at least like last year, it got to February, and I'm like, look, I'm done with this summer. It's just so long. Get me some cool, fresh, you know, 19, 20-degree days, please. That's our winter, believe it or not. So, um, yeah, so far, so good. But when it comes to markets, I mean, look, I had a really good, um, had a good week last week in terms of getting positions on. But, I mean, look, I'm a trend follower. I, I believe you are too, mate. And um, I mean, when we look at these trends at the moment, it's, I had this epiphany the other day, right? I was going through it thinking, you know, I was trying to make a reason for, you know, going long or, or, or seeing the market moving higher at the early start of the year. And I was, I was thinking, it, it, can, I, can I force myself to do it? It was just a mental activity, right? Just a, can I find any reason why the market might go higher based on the charts, which is what I'm good at. And um, the monthly was downtrending. The weekly was downtrending. The daily was downtrending. And I went, you know what? I just can't find any reason for it to shift right now. now with that being said, Doc, you know, these markets are nuts. You, you know you, you know it as well as I do. You, you've been trading other markets just the same as I have. 13 years of doing it. This is the most unpredictable market of the lot. So tomorrow it could just as well, you know, we could be at 6,000 tomorrow. That's how crazy it is. Although unlikely it could, it could happen. So... As much as it could do anything, the overwhelming probability suggested by the charts is I think we're looking lower, and I think 3,000 is the level as a, uh, as a last sort of bastion of hope until a further dip. What are your thoughts on that? You know, one of my favorite exercises that, that I've always done through the years, and one of my mentors showed me this years and years ago, was that when you think the market is gone beyond the ability of, you know, when you, when you don't believe what you're seeing on the chart and the trend, what his advice was to do is to flip the chart upside down. So almost like stand on your head and look at it from the opposite way. So in, in this case, we'd be looking at a pretty long protracted uptrend. And then ask yourself, would you sell that market? So the exact opposite of what we're looking at, like today, would you buy that market? And what I'm looking at is I'm, I, I see some positive divergences out there. I see some, some consolidation at a larger time frame. I see the very real need for the market to pause right now and maybe just fibrillate around. 
Longer term, I do believe we'll probably end up breaking to the downside. You know, again, we're not in the business of predicting what's going to happen. Much as people would like to to say, well, you just predict what's happening. No, we don't. No, we look at probabilities of things. So, yeah, of course, the probability is that we'll eventually break lower. I think there is some room for some swings to the upside before we get to that point. Because before markets go lower, they almost have to go higher because you got to get the, you know, you got to get yeah. the herd swimming yep. in the wrong direction. But I, I agree with you. Longer term is that we'll probably go lower before we get that that capitulation we're looking for. And look, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Like as far as the reversal of the chart, I think that's a great bit of advice. Um, my, I got something to me, given to me similarly for when you're in a trade. Uh, and you might think, well, it's, it's gone so far, I, you know, I've got to take profit. And, and my mentor said to me, and it's stuck with me, and I, I teach this all the time, is the market can and will go higher, the market can and will go lower. Um, and so, therefore, our, our job as traders is to find uh, entry and then, you know, manage our risk. So scale out if that's the way you want to trade. So you've locked in some profit, your risk is diminished or nil. Um, and, and, and just let the market do what the market does, but have a, have some have a plan in place. So it might even be that you know you scale out one to one, then you might get a good move and it's really overextended, and you, you take it at say six or seven to one, and you might just leave twenty to twenty five percent for that last little bit to see if you can squeeze a little bit more juice out of that lemon. Because especially in this marketplace, it, it can happen where it keeps on going. Um, but coming back to the um, the you know prognosis, I suppose to a certain extent of the probability of the of the market moving lower. Um, you know, 3,000 is a really important level, I think, for Bitcoin coming up. And, and that's why I'm kind of, you know, a bear, when a market falls in traditional markets, I, the market would rather see a crash than a bear market. And here's why. A crash wipes out all the, um, you know, all the crap quickly and you get back to, you know, bullish periods. And op- opportunity lies within a bear market, uh, especially when you see that, you know, when it reverses and starts to move. So I'd rather see us, and look, we've been in a bear market for the last 12 months, right? Pretty much 12 months on the nose, yeah? So it'd be nice to see it get down to a point at which we we might have just had enough. Do you know what I mean? Like if we can sit at, if we can test 3,000 and the market does what it did in September of 2017, which was kind of like everyone talked about 3,000, everyone talked about 3,000, therefore self-fulfilling prophecy, everyone was buying at 3,000. If we can see something like that where the market collectively comes together and goes, you shall not pass, you know, uh, and we and we hold, even we don't even need to go too far beyond. It doesn't need to kick off the bull market. I do think that we will probability-wise see a bounce from 3,000 uh, for this very reason. I just hope that we can then consolidate and hold around that level and 3,000 becomes the point of which we, we don't go lower because if we do break 3,000, the only next support that I can find that I would look off of is about eighteen hundred, and that's a that's a pretty deep pullback, and that's going to affect a lot of businesses and a lot of people, and it might put us back a few years. So hopefully three thousand holds. That that's the that'd be a nice if we can see a nice move to three thousand and then hold. I'd be happy with that because the market might start to find some comfort at that level, perhaps. You know, I'd I'd love to see that three thousand, but with a ton of volume. Right there. Yeah. I, I want to see just a massive amount of disagreement. And in fact, I'd love to see us flush down to 3,000, not crawl down to yeah. 3,000. There's there's and a big difference. Wow. Right, yeah. exactly. Almost like you touch your hand to a hot stove and yeah. like, oh, yeah. you know, it just, that's yep. the type of reaction that we need from that. You know, 
It's funny you mentioned the uh, the crash because that's what the equities market just did a month ago. At the end of December, we had the equities market just absolutely crash down in the in just a few days. So it's yeah. like everything I've been hoping for for Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general has happened actually in the equities market, and the equities market just has Bounce. absolutely ripped off of there. I mean, it's up fifteen percent off the lows. Yeah, yeah I'm looking for looking for that volatility and that sort of character to come back to things. Are you seeing, now we spend a lot of our times watching Bitcoin because Bitcoin to me is, is almost like a, is almost like an index, right? It's almost like an index for crypto, but are you seeing any other, not necessarily sectors, but are you seeing any other altcoins that are starting to show the character and starting to show some possibility to lift, uh, you know, maybe showing leadership above and beyond what Bitcoin can show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it's Binance. Um, it's, you know, trading Binance against Bitcoin because that's the option that's available. And um, look, I, I got a trade on on Friday um, long uh, on Binance against Bitcoin, which was great because I've been looking to hedge myself against Bitcoin lately. Uh, the last two short hedges have actually been stopped out on. Um, and, and then it's continued to move down. So, you know, just buy B's dick, you're in and you're out, and you're like, yeah, you bugger. And, um, and then it moves. <laughs> so for me, I've, I've moved some to Tether uh, because I just don't have that margin trading position on. So therefore, I'm like, well, I need to minimize my risk because my portfolio is 60% Bitcoin. So I've moved some to Tether. Uh, I've, I've now put some into Binance because I've got a trade set up for, in line with fundamentals and a trade. Uh, and Binance just seems to be, I mean, if you consider the the market share that Binance has, the, the, um, it's kind of like it hasn't really stuffed up. It continues to add things to its platform. It doesn't have problems at the moment. Sure, it could be better, but it's slowly but surely building out a plan and a model, and it has a revenue model that is actually real. It's not something like what we saw in the dot-com era, which is you know billion-dollar company, and, and in the ICO era, in the crypto era, but a billion-dollar company like NEM. Look at NEM. 17 billion, number four on the list back in the boom. Now they're asking for $7 million to keep them alive. That is just poor management. Uh, where is the money coming from? Well, the problem was that there wasn't any money coming. So with Binance, it's actually a business that charges a commission, which does then bank the, the money. Now, whether they're profitable or not at this period in time, I don't know because I'm, I'm not in there. I'm not looking at their, their balance sheets, and that's the difference. Between oh, they're insanely profitable. They're insanely yeah, profitable. still. I know they still. were massively profitable. They're still so there you go. They're they're holding their ground. They're making money, and that's fantastic. So for me, I look at that on an investment and trade. I've been waiting for a long time to get the trade. The uptrend's there. The pullback into that cradle zone was there on the daily candle. It's moved really, really well. I can't really see aside from something really horrendous like what's happened to Cryptopia recently in a hack sort of position. I can't really see. Uh, Binance not being around. They're sort of synonymous with the survival of the ecosystem. So they've been proving technically and fundamentally to be somewhat of a wise uh, wise play. Yeah, I, I, I love the chart that they have right now because they are showing exactly what I tell people to wait for, which is like, wait for a weekly uptrend. Wait for yep. a weekly, don't, you know, don't try to catch the falling knife. Wait for a weekly uptrend. Yep. Binance Coin is a great example of something like that. That leads me to another question, like what, apart from just trading the spot currencies, I'm just kind of curious if you're trading any of the new futures contracts or any of the the leverage positions or CFDs or anything like that that's in the space. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I'll trade with Bitfinex and uh, Bitmax, which is basically a derivative. Uh, they're a leveraged product. Uh, there's other platforms that I've got here in Australia that, that I will trade a CFD on. Uh, the spreads are a little bit average, to be fair. And the issue that I have more than the spread, because uh, I'll generally look for a larger move on these, um, is the fact that it closes on the weekend. Traditional platforms, traditional brokers will shut uh, when the market closes, and that's that, whereas our market doesn't close. So there's, there's some issues around that. There's, there's no doubt about that. I haven't gone on to uh, any of the major futures contracts yet. Uh, I want to see the volumes increase. And to be honest with you right now, Doc, the way I am at the moment with my trading, I'm kind of comfortable with it at this stage. So I don't want to go out and be trading other products right now without first – I want to see the markets – I want to see the market cap increase. When that starts to increase and I see different players come in and I see that the flow of that institutional money or the bigger players starts to head towards this particular contract, well, I'm, I'm naturally going to go there. At the moment – those players in the space sort of play on BitMEX if it's Bitcoin and BitFinex for many of the others. Uh, Binance, of course, if you're not using leverage at all. That's sort of my take on it. That's how I'm playing it. Uh, the traditional markets, uh, so the traditional market brokers just don't have that 24-hour dealing desk yet mm-hmm. and they're not going to be doing that until their volumes pick up because it will just cost them money. Right. I'm. You know, what? one of the problems that we have, and this is, kind of unusual for me to say that the United States doesn't have access to some of these markets because when I look at the traditional markets, it's kind of the opposite way around. Like mm. for stocks and, and futures and everybody. options, it's everybody else is trying to get into the U.S. markets. And yep. in crypto, it's kind of the opposite way around because of regulation in the U.S. They're kind of like, wait a minute, what's all this noise out there? So for example, you're seeing BitMEX accounts that U.S., traders are into and are using VPNs, they're shutting them down. Yep. And, yep. you know, there's some pretty famous uh, uh, cases of that recently. So that's mm. one where I am going to help people learn how to trade on BitMEX, but I can't physically trade it, you know, apart from the test net. So what I'm looking for are some of the solutions that are non-KYC that are futures-based and are going to be trading at least the big three, if not maybe the big five, kind of like what BitMEX does. So like, for example, one of the ones that I'm looking forward to tomorrow that they're going to go live tomorrow is Prime XBT. So they're going to offer, I think, the, the top three contracts, and they're going to be an aggregator of... So what they're going to do is they're going to create... the. They're going to be very much like BitMEX. They're going to be competition to BitMEX that they're going to have 100 times leverage and they're going to be an aggregator of traffic into several different exchanges for there. So they're going to offer these CFDs or what they call futures contracts yep. with that. So I'm on the hunt for for solutions like that that are going to allow me to trade because right now for me to trade short, it's really difficult for me to do that. Cool. And it's going to be on spot currencies mm-hmm. and I don't like trading sh- short on spot just because of you got to pay you know, the interest rates on there, and, and I, I just think Going it's a bad idea. Yeah. yeah, I just think it's a bad idea for most retail traders to be short in this type of market. So, But for futures contracts, when you have something like a ladder interface, now we're talking. But, yeah, yep. to your point, like, I, I can trade the XBT, the CBOT, there are CBOE and the, the CME contracts, but you're right, they're shut on the weekends. They're, they're useless yeah. to me. If yep. if you don't have something, 
If you don't have something that trades 24 by 7 in this market, it's useless. Yep, I, I, I agree, which it's sort of, you know, the, the, all the talk about, if you recall last year, there's a lot of talk about, oh, futures expiry dates. And it's like, why is everyone concerned about this? Like, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not a concern. It shouldn't be an issue. Like, why are we all, and it just brings you back to going, like, I used to say, look, I didn't care about the expiry dates. Like, I don't care about it in any other market. I didn't care about when corn expired. I just made sure that I had the rollover contract. Right. I just roll it into the next one. Well, there's there's so much. I, I, I believe there's so much ignorance and FUD that's in this because these are all people that have not traded traditional futures markets. They're, the markets, Bitcoin's not going to crash just because it's a rollover day. Yeah, exactly. You know, and if it would, then that's a terrible asset class. Get out. Yeah. You know, like. That's true. Yeah, it, it, I, I sort of uh, I caught a bit of flack for that because I was sort of saying, guys, don't waste energy in things that are not real. Like you're chasing unicorns right here. Like there's no point. And then people are like, but look at it, it does it. And it's like, but but you can put that down to a million different things. It, it, it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy because people are exactly. nervous about it. Oh, their futures are expiring today. I got to get out, yeah. and so it creates the the self fulfilling prophecy for that. But Normal markets do not move like that. No, it just doesn't work that way. And it's it's look, the the good news is that it's like um there's been enough other crap coming out the last sort of six months that I've heard that comment <laughs> diminish. And yeah. I think it also comes back from the point of um you know the crypto space sort of saying screw the bank, screw the institutions. Um, and so, therefore, as soon as any of the institutions come in, they're like, they're going to try and kill us. It's like, no, they just want to make money just like you. That's that's institutions have got one thing in mind. It's making money. That is all they are there to do. That is it. What do you, all they're there to do. Craig, what do you think the institutions are going to want to see before they're going to start to put their trillions into this space? Oh, good question. Uh, volume? is one because they need liquidity to get in and out. Like right now you can just like there's there's literally, you know, a hundred hedge funds out there right now that can afford to buy the entire market, right? The entire market. That's not good for them. They're not interested in that. But, you know, if they're going to get into it, they're going to, you know, look, if you look at the, um, there's nobody uh, to move if they're the entire market, they make money by moving others. If you look at, I think it's this, uh, the Saudi um, sovereign wealth fund, for example, um, spoke with some people around that a while back, like a year or so ago. Now, their minimum investment into anything, if they're going to back anything, it's $200 million. That's the minimum. Now, if you consider some of the other big funds around the world, they basically say, look, it's not worth our time if it's any smaller than $200 million. We're out. If we can't, you know, if it's not got enough to do that. Now, they could do that now, but they couldn't get out quickly. It's too big. So once the market starts to come back, we're going to have to grow that market ourselves for a little bit. They might dip their toes in the water. The the volatility is good for them, um, but also bad. So I think they want to see less of this manipulation. I think that's a big issue. Uh, but manipulation gets sort of um, becomes less and less once the market grows. Uh, the difficult thing we've got with Bitcoin as such is that um, a, a small number of individuals hold a large percentage of the token. So, you know, one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin, whether it be worth a million dollars or whether it be worth a hundred dollars. So they're still going to have a little bit of control over it. But if we can help to dilute a bigger portion of it, we might see a little bit less. I think manipulation and volume are two things that I think that they're a little bit concerned about for the time being. And it's too easy to manipulate when it's too small. Show me a bank trading desk that doesn't manipulate every market that they touch. 
tell you, I, I, I mean, agree with even you. even the 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 trillions of dollars in ES futures, they find a way to manipulate that. I mean, that's just oh, I, that is just part of the game. That's just part of it. it is like, is like looking for it's looking for the herd to be able to bend in the wrong direction and then sweep the rug out from underneath them. That's part of the game. So I, I totally agree with you. The problem is right now is that it's not them doing it. They don't have the they haven't set the rules. So somebody else is doing it. Somebody else has the big holdings and therefore it puts them back in the shoes of the retail type of guy that they normally take advantage of. I think that would worry them. I, I think there's one other thing that's missing from from traditional that that's preventing the big money from coming into this, and that's the Frankly, the lack of derivatives because that's how they manage their risk right now. They they yeah. these big banks they manage all their delta risk through either options if it's something more equity based, asset based, which they would do if it's spot crypto or futures yep. contracts. So going short or long, they hedge the the devil out of everything that they do. They don't care if it something is losing on that because they have a much bigger delta play on that. So. I think once we start to get these derivatives that are in play, whether they're, and I'm not talking about just Deribit or something like that. I mean, some like proper liquid options, proper liquid futures contracts that are on some of these. Mm. Then, I mean, right now the XBT, I look at the XBT that's in uh, the, out of the CBOE. It's just terrible. There's just no volume there. And again, to your point, it's not 24 by seven. So they shut down on the weekends. No. It's useless for them. So, I think it's a combination. It's one of like, okay, you go first. You know, you go first. If you give me some derivatives to hedge with, then I'll put some volume into this, and it's going to be. And they're going, well, you give me volume, and I'll give it to you. Yeah, right. But the, the thing is, I mean, if 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 you, I've researched the dot com a lot, and and for anybody who can't be bothered researching it all, go and watch that show, Valley of the Boom, because it gives you a real quick view viewpoint of what actually went on, and what you'll realize is it was the ICO in 93 right that happened we, we've been through it um you know the second phase of the internet well the second phase of people knowing about the internet like if you think about you know crypto and bitcoin it's been around since 2008 or 9 whatever it was now that that first phase was a long slow one there wasn't really that much going on there you know aside from a few people having a dabble now there's a lot more going on it's much more recognized there'll be another move there'll be another wave where does it next wave come from and that next wave, I think, comes from what you're saying. It's about building out the products to allow for that next wave. Now, that might not happen quickly. Everybody's used to everything happening so quickly in this space. It's good that it slowed down, in my view. Uh, it makes business a little bit harder. Uh, when it consolidates, it makes trading a little bit more difficult as well. Not as many trades. However, if we try and build everything you know, in a day, we fail. Good projects need to be flushed out. So bad projects need to be flushed out. Good projects need to build and reset themselves. The market is legitimate now. It's, it's you know, I can't see it going anywhere. Uh, I can go, the, the price can go lower, the price can go higher, but the space itself, I think it's here to stay. And through uh, more investment, uh, more building, not just price, but building these products that you quite rightly talk about, Doc, that's how we lead ourselves to the next wave of, uh, of, of this marketplace. And, you know, people actually taking it up and using it. From a trading point of view, we need the products you just suggested because we won't get that volume from the, the big boys and girls in town. We can still get it from the retail, but the retail only want it when it moves up. Um, whereas, the, whereas the you know, your bigger players, 
they want it when the products are there, whether it goes up or down. They just want to have a, a foothold in a new technology in an emerging market. Yeah, we're seeing that the next boom might actually come through security tokens. So could do, yeah. I mean, you can you can tokenize a piece of your real estate. You can tokenize yeah. a song that you write. You can tokenize yeah. pretty much anything that you want. So this is sort of the a more grown up regulated version of the ICO. I mean, the ICO was a great idea, but the problem is, is that people took advantage of it for all the wrong reasons. And so it's given it kind of a stain, a black eye for, for the crypto apart from some of these projects that are actually making. So this, this actually could be, and it's going to take a while for this to get off the ground, but this could be Mm -hmm. the second renaissance for crypto. Well, I hope so. It's going to come at some point um, because like I can't, people won't give up. Uh, we're a determined bunch, uh, the builders, that is. It's the people that just buy, sit back, and expect to get rich for doing nothing. They might be a bit more fickle. Uh, but I know that, you know, through interviewing a lot of people and being in the space and, you know, speak, speaking to people like you, mate, we're not going anywhere. Uh, we may have to pivot. We may have to shift. We may have to continue to build. It might take longer than we first thought. But this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, I see, truly. Um, it, it's a career-defining period of time for the next five to ten years. And uh, we'll be there to take advantage when it happens. But when I say take advantage, I don't mean from a um, cunning, terrible point of view. I mean building things, building businesses that um, that allow the space to grow. And then when it does grow, because we put the hard work in, well, we'll reap the rewards as well. You know, it's amazing that that I'm seeing some of the the same attitudes like that. Like, like I'm already seeing people that came up in the crypto world in maybe 2016, 2017 are actually fighting against some of the new directions that we're seeing in 2019 in the crypto market. So it's like, guys, you're going to have to be nimble to stay on top of what's going on here because what worked in 2017, we don't want that again. We want something like, to your point, that's actually being built around business use cases. It's time for this market to grow up. I was about to say, let's let's stop being children and let's start to grow up. We need it. Well, any uh, any final thoughts? Any last uh, prognostications from Sydney for today? Oh, look, I mean, it, it's same as always, mate. Just manage your risk and follow the trend. That that's what that's what I do. It's uh, it's it's helped me out. It's made last year good. Uh, we had a good year last year. It traded well, made money. Uh, I know it wasn't the best of year for investors, um, and I feel sorry uh, that that may be the case. But um, look, whether you're trading or investing, you got to like we th- these chats we have. It's you, you educate me, I educate you on different different perspectives. We educate others at the same time. You've got to keep on keep on learning new things, um, or, or not necessarily new things, but maybe some new opinions, some new thoughts, understand what's coming next. And I think that uh, education plays a really big part in it. But um, other than that, manage your risk and follow the trend. They're, they're the two biggest things for my opinion. Yeah, that'll keep you in business. Hey, Craig, how can people get in touch with you if they want to find out more about you and what you do? Mate, the easiest way is probably just go to the website. All my socials are there. It's just tradercobcobb.com. Uh, on there, you'll find you know my Facebook, my Twitter, all the channels and that sort of thing. And if you want to just go straight to the socials, it's just, just tradercob. Pretty straightforward across all those platforms. So, yeah, the website. Fantastic. Well, it was great to see you again. I'm going to go watch a little bit of American football here. We have our Super Bowl in play now. So, That's now. Yeah, it's going on right now. So. Uh, thanks for uh, making some time out uh, to meet with us and um, hope to catch you soon. Sounds good, mate. We'll have you on our, our show very, very soon. Thanks very much for your time and see you later, guys. Okay. Enjoy your day. <laughs> thanks a lot, Craig. Cheers, guys. 
I talk about these topics and more in our daily market update video on the Ready, Set, Crypto Premium Newsletter, in our private Discord group, as well as our weekly live trade school coaching sessions that I do with our premium customers. I invite you to join our discussion as we challenge each other to improve. I hope this quick episode has helped you on your journey to profitability. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next podcast.